Welcome to the Check Your Six podcast. Join your hosts, Air Force veterans Craig Lyson and Tim Proctor as they continue their conversation about the challenges of small business ownership as well as information, tips and guest speakers, all designed to help you navigate the potential stormy weather that is small business. And now, here are your hosts, Craig and Tim. Oh, man, stop complaining Dude, about the volume. Really? It? Seriously? I, when they walk out of here, they're not going to hear sirens. are going to run right at the red light. They're going to get hit by an ambulance. That's okay. They're fine. God, the thing is loud. Man, man, oh, man. I, well, it's not, you're not underneath the vent anymore, so you don't have to complain about the I'm sweating cold. God, you know, man. you see you see what I got to deal with? Last time it was, oh, it's too cold in here. I think you're an Air Force guy. You should be able to deal, be able to deal with this. Tim says, hey, I'm all around all this equipment here. I'm sweating. I'm like, well, let's switch places. Uh, so now you're switch places, and, and now you're not warm enough. Or now you're too cold or you're too hot. I had a facial this morning. You know, I need, to get the, I need to get the Goldilocks setting for the studio. I think that's what it needs to be. It needs to be Goldilocks setting. Too it's strong. the Craig setting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It needs to be Goldilocks. It needs to be just <laughs> right. Anyway, I'm the oldest here. It should be. Yeah, anyways. Well, I'm sitting next to, we've got a new table in the studio. We're pretty excited about this. It makes it feel like we're actually a podcast studio. So I'm sitting now to my left is one of the co-hosts, Mr. Craig. I'm Craig. I'm with Vets Growth. Can I say my phone number now, sir? Go ahead. Okay, Good. it's 407-754-5779. Can't do the website. I'll just. Well, how do they email? Can you get a hold of you via email, no, carrier pigeon? Me. I want everybody okay. to call me. The pigeon's dead. All right. That's fine. And I'm Tim Proctor with GRP Studios at our studios here in Longwood, Florida. And we have a couple of guests in the studio today. And you can get a hold of me at info or Tim at grpstudios.com. But I'm really excited to have a couple of people back in our studio. One, one of my favorite peeps, Miss Jackie. How are you today? I'm good. How are you guys? It's fantastic. You have it back. And we have another young lady with her. Everybody's a young lady, young man, because you're you're younger than we are. are in your 30s, probably. Yeah. Debbie Rodriguez, correct, from QLM. Both are from QLM. And yeah. CEP. And CEP. And I build. And I build. <laughs> I'm, I'm just with QLM. That's just Debbie's. That's like the trifecta. Resume. Yeah, it is the trifecta. Man, oh, man. Well, Debbie is here today. Jackie, you brought along a guest, which is awesome. Um, we're going to hear a lot about Debbie and what you do and how you do things. So let's turn it over right away to you. Do we have anything special? I don't have anything special for you today. I don't have any quizzes or anything. Oh, you want me to shout out to the businesses that yeah that kept our, spoken I mean, these people rocked our uh, podcast. Well, here, here you go. You, you give us some of the people. That way she can, uh, you know, thanks. somebody. So uh, the people that really kept our podcast going was uh, Jennifer Schmidt. She's with the Orlando Law Group. Uh, Sandy Harris, Beyond Commercial. Dave Highland, Score. And Phil Zeman with Center State Bank. Those people have led us to other people coming on that the reason we started this to help small businesses or people who want to start a business. These are the factors to get it going. And Jackie Boykin with Jack now. Jackie Boykin, Debbie especially with QLM. I mean, everybody's tying together to keep, this is what we're about, as Debbie here was telling me, that it's all about helping people. Absolutely, and we'll find out some more about you. So you've got a ton of stories, I know, and this is going to be a lot of fun. So give us your background, who you are, and what you do. And you have... 14 minutes. So go ahead. Can you get fit? Can you fit it all in that time frame? I can absolutely fit it in that time. So uh, obviously my name is Debbie Rodriguez. I'm born and raised from uh, Cuban immigrants. Uh, I was uh, adopted at a very, very young age. Actually, I was still a baby and uh, always was uh, loved people, loved the world and always wanted to make it a better place. And and then as I started to grow up, you know, had my own lawn service at 12, driving around my bike with my lawnmower, paying my parents, you know, loanage 
for their for you know obviously their their lawnmower and then would get my own gas and so I had my own little business when I was little um, and then kind of I guess aspired into me as an adult you know wasn't really the college bound person didn't really like school wasn't really me started going straight into the industry I fell into staffing back in my early twenties and had no idea what staffing really meant. And then I jumped in with feet, uh, both feet first. I came from an HR before that. So HR and staffing have a lot of similarities. So early 20s started in day labor. For any of you that know what day labor is, you've probably just hit your forehead and said, oh my God, the hardest business in the world. Um, so you'd open up your doors at four and five o'clock in the morning and all these guys uh, mainly would walk in and ask you and look at you for giving them employment for the day and you would cut them a check and you would hope. Um, we did have a lot of vets that worked for us. We actually have a lot of vets that work for us now. So did that for about eight years and then kind of realized that I really didn't feel that I was helping in the right ways. Um, so I started a temporary staffing company that really focused more on the skilled trades and really focused on giving people a skill, not just coming to us with a skill, but how do I teach those people to have a skill? So then I went from the day labor model to the true staffing model in 2008. And everybody, you know, obviously in 2008, 2009, 2010, the economy took a dive, especially Tanked, especially in your industry. Yeah. And everybody's like, what are you doing? You know, you're leaving your lofty career of day labor. And I said, well, if I can make it through this, I can make it through anything. So 2008, I walked away from, from that business model and started QLM with a business partner, um, Mark Lang, very you know, well-respected in this area. We jumped in feet first, and two days before our grand opening, I got, I got run over by a truck. So that was always fun. <laughs> wow. Made a steal. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I actually got my Cobra paperwork while I was in ICU. I had no insurance. It was uh, it was one of those moments that you you really sink or swim. And it was I remember laying in the hospital, going, "Oh my God, what did I just do? I left you know my over six figure career to start a brand new career making." Like I'll be honest with you, as a business owner, when you start, you make no money. You you make yep. zero dollars. So I, you know, left six figures to to barely make ends meet on the hope and a prayer that I could be successful with my business partner being the financial backing. And I was basically the sweat equity, and sweat equity is never the fun position. So I, you know, got ran over February second of two thousand and eight, and then I uh, put the company basically on autopilot. I was answering emails and things like that while I was in the hospital, but it was really more of trying to figure out if I was going to live or die. And then uh, I came back to work on April the 28th of 2008, fully recovered, 100%. So I was run over in the midsection. They told me if I'd ever walked again, it would be a year or more before I would even even do that. So it was a challenge to say, okay, well, if you think I'm not going to walk in a year, well, we'll see how quickly I can really walk. And so less than three months, I was back out at we were trying to figure out how do I get a wheelchair to go on job sites because we were mainly construction. And yep. I mean, imagine somebody in a wheelchair trying to walk a construction job site. It just, you don't see that. So. No, you don't. <laughs> and the safety issues are a whole nother story. So so I had a lot to live for um, to truly at the time had no idea where I would be today. There's really a reason why I didn't die that day. And as I continue to grow at QLM and Competitive Edge and now the nonprofit of iBuild, it, I guess I know I know why I didn't didn't die that day. Um, my work was certainly not done here. I have a huge Hispanic culture that works for us. Um, obviously, coming from migrant parents in Cuba, the Venezuelans are in the same situation that Cuba was in many many years ago. Yeah. So I was able to live through that, and now I get to help those people 
basically things that my parents would have loved to have had somebody here in the United States in their corner. So I really learned a lot from my upbringing and, and having that whole, I, I'm 100% bilingual, but those of you that are looking at me right now are like, wait, what? You're a blonde, yeah. white l- young lady. Blue like, eyes. Bi- What's going on yeah. here? See, you're, you're great to have with you when you go into a place and it's a bunch of Hispanic individuals and they're just yammering away yep. thinking, okay, these whitey Caucasian yep. dudes cannot at all understand. And you just look at me and say, excuse me, I was a little offended by that. Yep. Please not say that. So, okay. Yeah, it's always great. My parents use me quite regularly for that. So, <laughs> and hey, walk over there and tell them. <laughs> I knew Debbie for years and was standing next to her. She took me out for the day, got to ride with her for the day, and I was standing next to her and I hear fluent Spanish coming out of her mouth and I did a slow look at her like, "What? I had no idea." So, I guess you're going to walk away in a couple of years learning Spanish. Uh, she's already said she did. We're just not going to teach me Spanish. Oh no yeah. way! <laughs> yeah, that's that's for me to figure out. <laughs> you know, I flunked it. That's times. like the 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 lip syncer in Seinfeld, Jerry Seinfeld. Right. To get this this lip syncing lady to read lips, and she reads them wrong. But at least you can understand <laughs> what can. people are saying. That's fantastic. Are your parents still alive? Yes, both okay. of them are. Awesome. Wonderful, wonderful people. And they live here in Orlando? They actually live in Jacksonville. I'm originally from Jacksonville, Florida. So, I'm so they came here from Cuba. So they mm-hmm. left. After Castro. After Castro. Um, my whole entire family migrated to Hialeah with the exception of my mother and father. They stayed in Jacksonville, which is very interesting. I mean, Jacksonville is not typically where the Hispanic, especially the Cuban culture, stayed. They Most of them did migrate to, to Miami. Um, so my entire extended family is in Miami, but my mom and dad are in Jacksonville. So what? Your, your parents come here. They do the whole thing like they're supposed to. And you are adopted. Mm-hmm. How did that happen? You know, I, I often ask myself that question all the time. I mean, I was adopted in the 70s. So usually in the 70s, they were looking for same characteristics because, you know, you didn't want to put a Hispanic child with, you know, an American family because back in those days, they thought that stuff was really important. Thank God, at my particular case, it wasn't as important. I was sick. So I was kind of a double charity case. Not only are you like not wanted, you are also very sick. So Wow. My parents uh, decided that they wanted to to take care of me. And so I always tell everybody I was one of those double charity cases because I was very ill when I was adopted. And, you know, one of those chicken pox back in the yep. 70s, it was oh, really, yeah. like really big. But now it's, I don't even know that I even hear about chicken pox. Now yeah. I hear about COVID. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We, <laughs> it's a new it's a new chicken pox. Yeah, it's a new, it's a new chicken pox. <laughs> so you're adopted and you grow up in a totally different culture. Mm-hmm. You're here in the United States, but you grow up really in a different culture in that Absolutely. home. Where did you get, and we're going to talk about your passion for what you do. Where did that come from? Well, I definitely give all the credit to my parents. I mean, I watched my parents you know, try to accustom to being in the United States coming from Cuba. Cuba is a very, very different culture. It's a very... I mean, it's a very close community and everybody is pretty much family. I actually had no idea that I really have no true aunts and uncles, but because we're Spanish, everybody's your aunt and uncle. Yeah. But my father has one brother and my mother has zero siblings. But I had all these aunts and uncles and I was like, wait a minute. And they're like, yeah, yeah, they're not really my aunts and uncles. They're just people that you know that we've just called our aunts and uncles. So um, so I think just having that whole being brought up on in the Hispanic culture, obviously I never ate pizza until I was in my 20s. I never yeah. had spaghetti until I was in my 20s. Black and beans and rice and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Yep. Um, which is breaded steak and like all these things. So it was interesting. Now, I, I'm not a huge fan of Cuban food anymore because I had it every single day. Yeah. And the American food's pretty good. So so you, if you go over to Ybor City, 
and yeah. you go stop. So there's some great. Now again, I grew up in the Midwest. Where, where'd you grow up at? I don't even know where you were. Through the up military. In, my, the military. My family was all military. So I grew up in the Midwest, and you grew up in Michigan, and you have you meat, hay, right? You, uh, you have meat, potatoes, and mm, then if you want right. a color, you throw some corn or something on the right. plate. That's basically <laughs> it. So for me, marrying my wife, who is Dutch, heavy Indonesian, Dutch flair, I'm. What is all this stuff? What are what are we eating? It's marinated. It looks weird. It's so I I understand. I so. had no idea how many beans there really were. Like different types of beans. <laughs> yeah, I'm the, like how many beans can you really eat? So how, how, many, how many can you possibly <laughs> yeah. have? And how wow. many can you put in one meal? Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, so. you know, like with Taco Bell, Jim Gaffigan is a comedian. He talks about food a lot, but his whole thing is okay. A burrito. It's meat. And lettuce and cheese and in a wrapped tortilla. Okay, so then let's say taco. Well, let's say meat and cheese and burrito, <laughs> kind of wrapped up taco. Well, what's a chalupa? What a, it's a meat and cheese. It's, a, it's all the same right. thing, just in a different format. Yep. So no man. beans. And I'm, I'm not a bean guy. <laughs> I'm, you know, I don't want to turn into the and again this the whole mili- the whole military the whole movie kind of thing. I don't want to turn in the scene from Blazing Saddles, which they couldn't make oh, today anyways. See. But I don't want to turn into the fire scene from Blazing Saddles. Did you ever see the movie Blazing Saddles? I, I did not. Okay, she's, I feel like oh, I she's what I mean. Yeah, she's too young. You're right. You're too young. Yeah. They couldn't make it nowadays. But anyways, so you've got a, a tremendously diverse background. You kind of your desire to help people came from your parents mm-hmm. and we're getting a little bit close to the break here so when we come back we're going to talk about your nonprofit. Jackie's really covered what QLM does and in, mm-hmm. in your home but I want to talk about your nonprofit and how you are helping people that desire to improve their self their stuff their situation she's actually going to be great for the tip of the day today she's going to do it. circumstances so she's going to do it we'll be right back stay tuned the guys will be right back with more on how to check your six At Quality Labor Management, we are always hiring skilled workers. We offer our team members the opportunity to start a career in the skilled trade industry, to earn benefits, and to be rewarded for their hard work. The project is temporary, but your employment at QLM is permanent. As an employee, you receive benefits, safety, and on-site training. If you're ready to get started or advance your career in the skilled trades, Quality Labor Management is the resource for you. Contact us today at myqlm.com. We are back with the second half. Is that too loud for you? Craig, is that better? No, I was just thinking I'm a rocker. I should be listening to it like you do. What is your full name? You, we were talking about this in the break. What's your full name now? Wait a minute. John Let's talk Junior Jingleheimer Schmidt. My name is uh, Craig Easton Oliver Finkenbeiner Lysnight III. Just call me Craig. Wow, just call him Craig. Well, and I've known Jacqueline for quite a while, <laughs> so I called her Jackie, and that's really her professional name is Jacqueline. Well, I prefer Jacqueline. Jackie sounds... Where's the Q coming in? I don't know, J-A-Q-E-L-E-N-E-I-N, whatever it is. J-A-C-Q-U-E-L-I-N-E, like Mrs. Kennedy, which I was at an event once and there was a young man in front of me and I said, like Mrs. Kennedy, and the young man stepped up to check in and the guy checking him in said, what's her last name? And the kid said, Kennedy. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Perfect. Uh, Well, you and Debbie are here today and you wanted to introduce or say something about Debbie that was yeah I just I've known Debbie for years I work for Debbie now and I'm really honored and sitting here listening to you again today (laughs) 
Debbie is the definition of good, good intention. Everything she does is to make the world a better place by making every person she touches be better. And um, she doesn't, she doesn't do it. She does it by, by allowing you to tap into who you really are and going out and being that person. And it's all natural. It's all natural. And it's, I see her in motion every day. And I think to myself, and, and you don't know this, but you know, I call call businesses and I go out, Craig, I know you can identify with that. And one of the things I think about all the time is there are no obstacles. There are no obstacles. We create our own obstacles. And it's so easy for that to become part of who I am now because I see it in Debbie, in everything, in her, uh, you know, in the way she runs her business. Um, she actually has two businesses, QLM and Competitive Edge Partners and her nonprofit, I built. And there are no obstacles. I hear her on conference calls going, well, that's okay, but that's, you know, just fix it. Just make it change. Just, she got a lot but of offer the power of good. So, so you got great. a lot of loyalty base. People love working for you. You know, I, th- I think so. I, um, I know I love them working for me. And ultimately, if you treat your people right, you'll have them forever. And I try to, every day I try to, number one, I think challenging people is also part of treating your people right. I think people become very complacent in their, in their work. And you know, I have a, such a diverse group of people that work for me, and I'm so privileged that all of them have taken that chance with me because there are some days that I scratch my own head and I'm like, wait, how did I get here? Oh, yeah. Because you're a great mentor. Yeah. I mean, there's a mentor for all of us have mentors, and I still keep in contact with the people who got me to through my different career fields. Do you ever feel like sometime if people really knew who I am, like, oh, you are a knucklehead. There's no way you should be doing this. Well, it's, it's so funny because over the weekend, you know, I, you do tend to... I, I do ask myself quite frequently, how did I get here? And am I really this smart to run to run two businesses in a nonprofit? It's called it's called instincts. <laughs> yeah. I actually asked my um I have a nineteen year old that works for me and I often look at her, which is funny. Out of all the people in my office, I look to the nineteen year old and I'm like, no. you know, am I am I smart enough to do this? <laughs> like what is wrong with me? So and um I'm just very grateful. I have um you know, I went through a, a many years of having a very long tenured employer employees and then recently I've I've had a lot of new employees um number one because of the growth of of the businesses but it's been it's been interesting tapping into all of their I mean they have such unique skill sets themselves and making sure you have the right people in the right seats and making sure you keep them involved and engaged and knowing that they're such a critical part of your future it's not it's not it's not my future it's our future yeah and I mean, I just hired somebody new. Today's his first day. And it's just, it's looking at hiring the best people to potentially grow us to where we need to be as a company. And, and then knowing that you'll be able to employ so many other people as you continue to grow your business. And um, many years ago, it, it, well, probably from the beginning of my career, it stopped being about me and it started to be about everybody else. I used to have my my one one of my mentors, which is my old, my business partner at QLM, he'd always ask me like, How's your PL? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. How is my PL? Yeah. And he'd be like, You never look at your PL. And I was like, Well, if I do right by my people and my clients and my staff, my numbers will always be there. And sure enough, I would open my PL and my numbers were just fine. So no, it's I'm glad you're one in the country. Yeah, actually. I'm glad you said that because we've had a lot of people on, and that's why we want to have people of variety in here. We want to have different businesses, different business owners, because some people will come and say, you need to do this. You need to check your P&L. You need to be on top of this. You need to do this. You need to do that. And your aspect is if you treat your people right yep. and you do right, 
it will work. It and does. You need to keep an eye on it. You need to look Absolutely. periodically. But if you just treat people right, that's what will happen. What's, so you have a couple of good. What's what's the saying? It says you want to be treated, so treat them right. Um, well, yeah. I mean, you want you want them to treat you the same way that you'd want That's to be right, treated. Communication, communication is a huge factor. Not to interrupt Tim, but uh, we were always talking about a business plan. Did you do a business plan? No. <gasps> yeah, see, you know, yeah. Oh, uh-huh. but again, but you you your business plan came from your your business plan came from your heart to do good for others. Oh. That's essentially what it was. I mean, your business. So people can be tied up in all of the things. So those are to me those are things. Looking at a PNL is a thing. Obviously, having a business plan is a thing. And I'm not going to tell you that most people don't need those things and need to make sure they look at those things. But you can spend so much time on that that you forget to actually build the business, or you think that that piece of paper is going to change. That business plan will be forever changing. I mean, just the other day, I mean, we opened a painting division, and and sure enough, everybody's like, "Wait, you just said that like a couple months ago," and it's like, "Well, yeah." Now we just opened it. So yeah. we we can all spend, t- you know, fear. Fear takes a lot of, if you have a business plan, well, then you'll, no, that doesn't, that piece of paper still won't make you successful. That plan is great to have it on, on writing and writing. But at the ending of the day, it's how do you, how do you make that? Like, you how do you make that You still got work? to take action. Right, you do. You, 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 can't, you, you can't be afraid to make a decision. You so tell me work. about your other two, when Jacqueline... <clears throat> was here earlier. She talked about QLM and what yeah. you do and how you provide the industry, predominantly industrial and construction. Correct. That's your 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 Our platform, niche. your mm-hmm. niche. So tell me about the other two organizations, especially when she was talking about the place that creates, it gives the people the opportunity to become licensed, become certified so that mm-hmm. they can go get a job, yep. which then that's part of who you provide, which is a great, that's a whole nother conversation. So tell us about your other two things that you do. So um, as I started QLM in 2008, obviously the sector that only had money was the government sector. So in 2009, I opened up Competitive Edge Partners. And the reason why I opened that up is because of all, all of our big customers, your Turners, your Skanskas, your Hensel Phelpses of the world, went to me and said, hey, Debbie, we, we really need a minority woman-owned company to help us with these contracts because we have a certain percentage. And and I'll be honest with you both, I it was not... I didn't I didn't want to use that as the reason why I got work. I wanted it to be because I I you know it was me and I was going to do the right thing and I was going to find the right people and and they were really the ones that told me like Debbie stop go do it for us. And when they changed the conversation to make me feel like I was truly starting a business for them and for the betterment of them, I that's when I decided to go do what I did cuz I never wanted to get something just because of my gender or because of my race, because at the ending of the day, we're all people. And and my big thing is we're humans first. The rest of it is insignificant. And the the best person should win the job, not not because of those two factors. So I really had a lot of struggles in 2009 opening up that business. I did, obviously. Um, I got the VA hospital right out of the gate. I got George C. Young Courthouse downtown Orlando right out of the gate. And then that kind of helped me grow QLM in the same same instance because, you know, I had both. And then as we continued to grow Competitive Edge, Competitive Edge really turned more into a subcontracting role because at that point, if I had all of these people at QLM that had all these different skill sets, well, then why couldn't I open a subcontracting company to go bid the work themselves? To fill, so you're filling, you're filling that I'm need filling yourself. My own, awesome. Right. I'm yeah. filling my own. I have, you know, 300 plus employees on my QLM side, and now I'm going to go after the work to to keep my 300 plus employees. 
Uh, and also, I mean, I, I love my clients out there, but at the ending of the day, if they don't have work, we don't have work. And so I started to, I always make sure that our QLM customers are number one. They'll always be number one because they're, they're why I'm here today. They're why competitive edge where is where it is. They're why QLM is where it is. But when they don't have work, I started to really look at that, that gap. Well, what's going to happen if all of a sudden all of my great customers start to not have that work? Well, how do I go get some of my own work to make sure that we always have our 300 plus people employed? So that's, that's what I did at Competitive Edge. I went and, and started getting our own. We have, um, we, you know, bid our own jobs now. We have a very large package out at the airport, which we would probably employ over 100 people out there, which, yep. is, which is great. And then, so we're just looking, you know, Disney is very much about, you know, diversity and I don't even know that I should say their name on radio because I tend That's to not right. want to say anything like that. So, but you know, I just, I wanted to make sure I kept my 300 plus people employed and even, you know, gaining more people. So 2009 competitive edge, well, 2015, I joined the board of ABC, which is the Association of Builders and Contractors. And, you know, we all sit there and we were NAWIC. ABC, ACT, all of these construction organizations were all talking about shortage, you know, manpower, woman power shortage in the construction industry. And I literally rose my hand and I said, look, guys, we can keep talking about this for another 20 or 30 years, which is what we've been doing for 20 or 30 years, or we can start doing something about it. And that's actually what started I build was that exact statement. And so I put 50,000 of my own dollars in starting I build. In 2016, it became a full-fledged nonprofit. We have now a board of 16 board members. Thank God for those 16 board members because, you know, funding I build from 2016 until just recently has been 100% myself and a couple of other um, business leaders here in Central Florida. But initially it was just, I mean, I believe yep. so much in what we were doing. I didn't, didn't necessarily need anybody else's money because I'm one of those um, entrepreneurs that if I believe in and I put my own money in, then at least... Other people can then make the decision whether or not they want to be a part of something. And then it, I don't have to feel bad because somebody else put their money in. Right. Your skin is in the game just as much as anybody else's. It is. And so I build really, you know, we started collaborating with the education system here in Central Florida. So we have the six surrounding counties, Orange, Osceola, Lake, Polk, Bavard, and Seminole are all part of I build. Valencia is part of I build. And we really have, we have programs out in the community that are teaching people trades, carpentry trades. Obviously, we work hand in hand with the apprenticeship programs, your feats, your pipes, act as the pre-apprenticeship program in the high school. So we just try to make sure that QLM is a phenomenal model for that, because if you don't know what you want to do, you can come to QLM and we'll put you out a bunch of different jobs until you figure out what it is that you're passionate about and what you want to do. Do you all work with SCORE? We do not. The Small Business Development Center and the National Entrepreneur Center, I think it's called. There, I was just curious about that. We do not. But the cool thing about having these programs in the community is, is we continue to bring people in the door for our our companies, and then we it's we're just a stepping stone. QLM is one hundred percent has been a stepping stone for a lot of people in this community, where. We got them to figure out what it is that they wanted to do. And then I make the phone call to one of our partners that I build. And then, hey, if you want to be an HVAC mechanic, QLM's probably not going to be the road for you. So I'll call uh, one of our business partners and move that person to them and tell them this is the path that they want to take. Before we go any farther, how can somebody get a hold of you other than calling Jacqueline to get a hold of you? Because you're so busy with stuff. How do people get so a hold funny. of you? My own staff calls Jacqueline or somebody else in my <laughs> office to get a yeah. hold of me. So I, um, you can email me, uh, which is funny. I can give you three different email addresses. Uh, probably the easiest one to email is 
it's D Rodriguez and I'm a G and a Z at the end at ibuildcentralflorida.com or my uh, competitive edge is also everything for me is D Rodriguez and then at CompEdge LLC and then my QLM is also D Rodriguez at myqlm.com. So you know, as- consistency <laughs> is the key. I've noticed <laughs> that. You can't mess her. it up. Yeah, you, you can't, can't mess it up. Miss, as long as you know how to spell Rodriguez, you should be all right. Wow. <laughs> Make sure to always put the D before it. You know, you're... Jacqueline, you are absolutely right. There's so much here that she could talk yeah. about that we didn't even get yep. to today. Yeah, I do I'll, like one of your questions. About, are, uh, m- multiple questions. Are yeah, great. is it about the uh, is it about the the old boy network? Yeah, it's, it's yeah, great. I figured, was, I figured was, <laughs> I've been you know, experiencing that one a lot lately. You talked about because I did work for nearly 11 years for a company called Fco mm-hmm. Economy Forms Corporation. They work with all of the primes in providing concrete forming systems mm-hmm. for them. So I understand the old boy network for those. Now, I was an older white guy. I would go out and talk to some of these construction managers, and they didn't want to have anything to do with you if you were under a certain age mm-hmm. or if you were a certain ethnicity or especially if you were a woman. But I'm very glad that you went ahead and did that. Use that opportunity. I'm a veteran. I try to use that as a veteran to get into some of these locations. But if you have a disadvantage, let me quote in air quotes, if you are disadvantaged in this industry because you're a woman, then I think that you should use every possible resource to level that playing field and make it work. And if that means that you come out as a woman-owned business and you get a little bit of advantage, I, that is so totally the way it should be. Take that advantage. I know, but it's so hard. It's so Sounds hard for like someone. It's like the military ID card. You know who uses that? My girlfriend goes, "Hey, flip out your ID card, get a discount." I'm like, "No, you didn't serve. You didn't serve. Yeah. No, no. And I don't, I don't flip out my ID card to get a discount. I will not. Yeah. That's not what it's there for. It's um, that's been you know the biggest challenge is I've never seen myself as disadvantaged in Correct. any form. I mean, I feel like, and everybody's like, "You're absolutely disadvantaged." I'm like, "I'm, I'm not disadvantaged. No, you're like, not. I'm... You're not. But you're using you're using what's available to you to level the playing field because, and again, I'm an old white guy." And I think it's horrific when somebody comes up. It shouldn't be about, you're right, it shouldn't be about your ethnicity. It shouldn't be about your race, religion. It shouldn't be about any of that. Unfortunately, it is. So if you can find a way to level yeah. the field, mm-hmm. absolutely right, because then you'll well, crush them with service. And I know I know we're against the clock, but I want to point out, because it goes back to what I said about Debbie's intention, when the conversation changed, People want to hire Debbie because of the quality service that she provides. On the way over here, she was on calls with some of our clients fixing problems. It's what she does. She's a problem solver. She's a real business partner. She wants your brand to succeed. She wants your business to be successful in everything she does. So the women-owned business was an opportunity for them to get that quality. Mm-hmm. And so that when that became the conversation, because I understand what you're saying about leveling the playing field, but for her, it was about the quality of service and right. they want the quality well, of service so what she said great. earlier we're all people it, it shouldn't be your gender or, mm-hmm. or who you are it's the person we're all right. life it's like you all have knowledge use it because now the people that you built that relationship don't care that you're a woman-owned business right. you're no. just debbie no. you give me yep. good service you give me good quality employees i don't care who you are and that's unfortunately some people can't look past that well probably because they're idiots but anyways right Tip no. of the day today. You remember what the tip of the day was? Yeah, do you have it? I have it. Show me. Do you want to read it? No, you. <laughs> You're living the life you created. Now, this was perfect for you, and I picked this before we had any conversation today. Uh-huh. I try and pick the tip of the day that 
we are not all victim of circumstances. We're really not. And a lot of the circumstances that we are victim of, we create Absolutely. on our own. And I just this was just kind of bizarre for you sure. today. And it's really more important on how you react and respond to those circumstances than the things that happen to you, not about the circumstances themselves. And you're a great example. You take a risk, you make a change. Circumstances are what they are. I'm gonna I'm gonna rise above them and do better. So mm-hmm. She was excellent today. I'm glad she needs she, to come back. I don't know if she has time for us. I know it's it's <laughs> going to be really it's really hard. So I thank Jacqueline for bringing her in here today, and Debbie, thanks for being here. Oh, we thanks. talked about great. so much stuff beforehand. I feel like we have like the real questions to get to. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I, there there are some things that we were we wanted to cover, but I really wanted to be more about who you are, what you do, and why people what they if they want to find a job if they want to. One of the whole things about the trades that are so desperately needed right now, mm-hmm. people aren't doing trades. People don't want to do that. I want to. I want to be an entrepreneur, and I want to create something online. That's great. I still need my AC to be fixed. Right. I still need somebody to connect my electrical. They're going to be around a lot longer than mm-hmm. half of the stuff we got. So now. I'm. I'm really. When she started telling me about your nonprofit and the way you're kind of intertwining the three of them, I thought, this is just pure genius. Oh yeah. She's absolutely stop. awesome. We have to stop talking about everybody has to go to college to be successful because no. that's not. This doesn't measure success. Yeah, that's. Yeah, that's been. Our son tried it for a while. and He said, "Dad, this sucks. I hate it." So mm-hmm. well, they don't do it. So, all right. Pretty cool. Very interesting. I should have. She should have been born before me. Yeah, I so built. I work for it's, her. it's I built Central Florida. I've got a wristband mm-hmm. on here. What does it say? It's, it's a, I built Central. Florida. I built Central Florida. Mm-hmm. Jacqueline, thank you for being here. Thank you guys. Debbie, thank you for being here. Craig, thank yeah, you too for being yeah, here. Yeah, whatever. Thanks for listening to the Check Your Six podcast. Tune in again next time for more information on your small business development.